Radio 210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rose. Yes. thing about the, the, the real person, and we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. And growing up, my like TV crush is Claire Arnold. So, I mean, she has to come on the show at this point. Fashion guru Perry She was Sampton. like 25 or something. <laughs> she looked so old. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Whoops. We are here live uh, on the Beverly Hills 90210 show, figuring out a few things. Uh, Just to let everyone know up top, we might have a Wingshauser sort of Jonesy entrance because we haven't been able to hear from him. So uh, we don't know if he's going to be with us. He's in the music studio. He's in a music studio. James wow. Whitmore Jr. is in the air. And we'll, we'll say why that ties in. But we do have Carrie and Noli here. And David Hayward is trying to get in here. So th- those things are happening. Um, but at the top of this show, uh, you know, some of you might be coming to us for the first time because you saw an interview that I did with uh, the director of the season eight episode, Making Amends. I'm going to show that clip about uh, Jessica Alba's experience. And I felt I had to find out uh, the truth on that. And Chuck suggested, well, ask the director. Uh, So here's a clip of that conversation. Well, she says now on Hot Ones that, that she had a rule that said that she was not allowed to make eye contact with any of the main actors on the show. Had you ever heard that rule? I had not. I had not. Um, but I'm not saying, you know, it's very possible somebody could have said that to her, either seriously or not. I can't imagine who, who it would have been. Uh, it certainly wasn't one of the cast. And I can't even imagine. The only other people might have been uh, an AD or maybe somebody in the makeup and hair trailer. But I... You know, I I don't doubt that she heard that somehow, um, but it was I certainly was never aware of it. You certainly never saw that on the set in any way. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Well, you directed scenes with Jenny and Jessica. Was there anything like that? I'm sure it's doubtful. No. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, to my knowledge, again, it, you know, like I said, I don't doubt that somebody said that to Jessica. If she says somebody, you know, somebody said that sure. to her. But it's, you know, you can look at the scenes and uh, she was just terrific in them. Mm. She was- Everybody has sort of pointed this to maybe an AD. Is, I mean, would an AD say something like that to Jessica? Doubtful, doubtful. I mean, like I say, I, she may have heard that somehow. Who knows? It could have been maybe even before she ever came to 90210 when she was cast in the park. For all I know, some, somebody else was <laughs> messing with her. But to my knowledge... Uh, that certainly wasn't a rule on the set by any means. Okay, so I went wow. to that. And we pulled Noli and Carrie briefly because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Larry, you're probably the one I should ask about this. You were not there at season no. eight. You were there no. season seven. What is your take on this whole Jessica Alba debacle? You know, 
I, you know, I, I, it's, you know, long running shows have hazing. That much I can tell you. There might be urban legend, you know, it might have come out from the atmosphere people where, you know, they're kind of bothering the stars trying to get pictures and AD, or second AD might not want to have a problem. So they would say that, but no one's going to tell the guest star that. That makes no sense at all. It's, uh, she was being punked. <laughs> and Chuck, that's, that's, the, did the story surprise you that people would be acting that way, the cast? Um, you know, well, well, the thing is, is that the difference between there was, a, I, I, I imagine, Larry, that there was a different dynamic on the set in season seven than there was. Yes, in season people five. didn't want to be there. Okay, so let's let's understand that. That I've always said that, and when we talk about it, sometimes the people who were there, they because they didn't want to be there at that moment. There's ambivalence when you think back to it. You know, they're good things and good memories, but you know. You know, they're doing, uh, they're doing, they're doing a job. Everyone, everyone's doing their job. You don't sometimes have to like it. You're just doing your job. And Jessica yeah. should be doing her job too. She yes. really she worry. It's not a party. That. It's a job. It's a set. It's a, it's not a party. Uh, Jessica Alba, come on the show. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Let's. We'll get. I'll get you something better than wings. We'll, did you we'll, see those? <laughs> did you see those comments that they said that went across the screen? I knew they would be talking about this. Yes, I know. Mm -hmm. well, we have to. What does that and, mean? Uh, I think that they kind of expect this is this is the show where you get all this kind of information now. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, Perry <laughs> is joining our show now. This is exciting to have you here. So welcome to the Beverly Hills 90210 show. We're exciting to have you uh, join us to talking about some fashion. And I know you're a diehard fan, so you'll be able to add some input. Now, I am wearing a shirt. I want to happen to my life. Uh, I don't want my life to happen to me. This is a Luke Perry shirt. And I it is in the store, the Beverly Hills 90210 showshop.com. You can get it. And anything that we raise from that shirt sale, we're going to donate to a charity to be named later. So those are things that are happening. Now, let's talk about hazardous to your health. Chuck, there's a lot to talk about here about E. Duke Vincent, right? Well... The episode as contained, uh, as executed, would not be without Aaron Spelling's partner, E. Duke Vincent. And, you know, I've always said, you know, you, you, it's an Aaron Spelling show, but who, you, you, when you never run a television show, you got to kind of learn, how, you, you know, how are you going to learn? And, you know, it is a kind of a school of hard knocks unless you have a mentor. And Duke, was that to me, but extremely pissed off that that was his role he had to have. And he was very volatile. And, you know, spelling, you have to understand here, they make the pilot. They're not, they're not in love with what they make. Duke confirmed. I got to speak to Duke, Peter. I mean, I'm talking about him in the past tense. You know, Larry and Peter, and, and, and the, but I got him on the phone, courtesy of our unit production manager, John Perret. Thank you, John. And we had a wonderful talk because I invited him to come on our special. Right. And he and he acknowledged in that conversation, not with any malice, but that, you know, this, this was not a spelling, uh, you know, episode. This was not what Duke Vincent did. Duke Vincent did Vegas. Duke Vincent did what, Fan, you know, any action, um, Matt Houston, you know, whatever, whatever there it was. And that was when he was the supervising. But by that point, but he rose... Yeah, Vegas was the show that, in fact, in that conversation I just had with him, 
when he talked about why he wouldn't come on and talk about the old days with us, as he said, because then I'd have to do it with Vegas. So that was his other show. I think he was really proud of that one. It was a big location show for them as well. But, uh, you know, when, when we, we need to get the money back. We need to start wrapping this subplot up now that uh, because we've opened it up that indeed, uh, you know, that, that you know, Wingshauser, the, his character has delivered. And, you know, so it's good. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to go to Mexico. And, you know, the assumption for me at that point was that we were going to go back to Malibu where we effectively shot uh, Dylan and Brenda's little surfing rendezvous when she gets stuck on the other side of the border with other kind of places that they'd make work in Southern California. And right. uh, <laughs> Duke uh, walked down the hall and came out to the valley and he had other ideas. And uh, Larry, I hand it to you. Yeah, well, all of a sudden, you know, um, as it turns out, that uh, well, maybe we should bring other people. I was going to say, hey, let's, let's keep, let's, yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's bring in some of the scoundrels yeah, that uh, yeah. were a part but, of the scam. But it's good we saw pictures of Duke. Hey, right. <laughs> David, <laughs> David, all right, and all right, there they are, the Swindler Three. Go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, let's move Noli here. Union. Oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. Yeah. Uh, this is this must be nice for you, Carrie. Before we came on live, you saw Noli and you were taken aback for a second, weren't you? She's so she's grown up and beautiful. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> my little girl. Uh, and you were so easy to be a mom to. You're such a sweetheart, and I can tell you still are. We had yeah. a good time, and David. We were like, um co-conspirators, criminals, but we were very good at it to get caught. So we, we were. I, I feel I was blinded by love. <laughs> I think lust would be more appropriate. Tiffany is not here. You know, she should be here. Uh, yeah. That's okay. It's just lovely to reunite and see you thriving as you both are. It's lovely. Wow. I'm curious for you, Noli, what were these two like? Uh, you worked with them a lot back in the day. What, what was it like working with David and Carrie? Um, they were great. I mean, Carrie uh, and I had a pretty good relationship. And um, I think David and I, I always felt like there was something like a scam going on there. So we had, our, our relationship wasn't quite as warm, um, but we had a good time working together. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's really awesome. Yeah. All right, Larry, let's get into this now, this Mexico thing and going to Mexico. Oh, okay. Well, you know, before, you know, we, we wrote the script for Mexico. And then as Chuck said, uh, it turns out we're going to shoot it in Mexico. In fact, we're going to shoot it in Cabo, which, you know, we all love Cabo. And Duke has a friend. I think his name is Marco, Chuck. Was that? Uh, Marco sounds good. It, yeah, Marco, it, it, who, who happened to own the Palmilla, which was a, just beginning and looking to brand itself and was, you know, Zook was trying to help out a friend. And not only that, Marco. Because, you know, one of the things is, is that L.A. at this time was kind of still going through a recession in the early 90s. And that affected the whole growth of Cabo. They were building new hotels. Uh, the, the Western went down there in a big hotel. I think Ian Ziering actually was there at the prom promoting it on the opening and mm. that on a jet ski, I remember. But yeah, the, no, but the, you know, so it was it was downscale 
Now it's the one and only Pamia, and the mm. cheapest room is a thousand bucks a night. Cheapest. Yeah, and, and we were, you know, like I said, um, so th so that was the story. So we were gonna be able to go down there, and not only that, Marco, as it turned out, was an ex Blue Angel pilot, so, and you know, and then Duke also had some high pilot credentials. He had his own plane, which was a King Air. Oh, he was a and, blue angel too. He well, I'm not so sure. He oh. kind of fudged that a bit. He kind of he, oh, he, might, have been, he might have been adjacent, <laughs> blue angel adjacent, perhaps. But right. Marco was a blue angel, and Duke right. was a pilot and had his own plane, which was a King Air, which is a fabulous private plane. Anyway, so now we got to go down there, the location scout, and we're going down there. And I'm pretty sure in the group we had, we had some uh, um, a location man we didn't really know. Uh, JP Paré, Whitmore, and Paul and, and I. And we went down there and you know they opened the Palmilla. It was, it was a fabulous thing. We we had so many great locations. And then we had to go home. And that was the bad part. But I wish Whitmore was here just to make sure that my nightmares uh, had ended. But basically it, it was there was when we were driving to the airport, I don't want to say that there had been a, a there we had come off a lunch. And so a lunch, you know, and usually when you have a lunch in Mexico by the beach, as people know, there's big glasses of things. <laughs> right. and, and sometimes people drink these things, not me, but other people. Right. Uh, anyway, so we're now we're going to the airport, we're rushing there, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm talking to Paul. I'm saying, geez, I mean, we're really gonna go out. I mean, like it's like gunmetal gray and there's like thunder. And we get to the airport and we rush into the plane, and, and meanwhile, uh, uh, Paul says to me, "Don't worry, JP's already been in an airport, a plane crash. It can't happen twice." <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Gee, that's that's comforting. That's really comforting. <laughs> I was like the designated scared person. That's why I want to have Whitmore here. Now, as we're getting the plane, we're hearing all the radio calls. People saying, "I'm sitting this one out. I'm sitting this one out." I'm sitting this one out, and Marco goes, rock and roll, we're going. <laughs> As we take off, lightning strikes the tower of the Cabo airport. And now we're climbing, and we're literally a, a, an arm's length from an anvil cloud for the next three minutes of terror, of absolute terror. And we make it out of there, and then literally, I don't know if they were shitting their pants or not, but they apologized so profusely for risking our lives to get back. Anyway, that's, I will say nothing more, but I wish you were here to hold my hand. That is, but I think it's a really good example of what it was like to work for the spelling company. You, yes. you put yourself at risk. If you walk down the steps, you just, now, that how did you guys get to Mexico? <laughs> By train. I think they took the, train. No, they, you know, it's kind of exciting. I would think getting to go down there. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it yeah, interesting here? from another point of view, because as actors, I don't know about you, but we were just treated like gold. I mean, every time I worked on a spelling project, I mean, it was like a party and you were it just treated like gold. And so <laughs> knowing some of these backstories now is so fascinating because didn't we all just travel to Cabo with these beautiful rooms and we could wave to each other from the balconies? Well, so everyone, everyone was staying at the Palmia, basically. Yeah, we were all there. It was like going to camp only in a resort. Yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I remember about filming in Mexico was going to the beach, having fun. <laughs> also, actually, I remember Tiffany. I don't know if it was you, Larry. Tiffany convinced somebody to let us take a car. We were we were in Cabo, so we went downtown Cabo. She uh, yeah. she got. Was it you, Larry? 
No, because that would I was only there for the location scale. We had to go back and write other things. You got yeah. somebody from production to let us take a car in town. We went dancing. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. I was in junior high, so it was, it was early night, but uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was a fun week. I do remember there was a place called Squid Row. <laughs> and that seems to be the place where all the bars were, where the girls were kind of like, and I, I remember I used that for the Palm Springs show where they, these girls would walk around in cowboy boots and little cowboy outfits and they squirt uh, tequila into your mouth with a little kind of a gun kind of thing. Um, D David, I'm curious for you, did you know, um, we talked with Carrie and she didn't know from the start, we talked a little bit about this just now, um, but she didn't know that you guys were scoundrels or that you were doing with to Dylan. Did you know that initially? You know, I can't remember. I knew pretty early on, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I think, I think we were told that boy, I can't remember. That was it's more than a couple of weeks ago. So I really can't the the super show, you told us that you did, you did know that. Yeah, I, I always kind of sensed that. Um, and there were just a couple of things here and there um, that made me kind of suspicious, I guess. And I think by the time um, David came on the show, I think that I was already clued into it. So, um, but at first, yeah, I guess um, the first few episodes that Carrie and I were on, I don't, I don't know that that was apparent to everybody. But yeah, yeah. there were just a couple things written in there like, um, you know, we, I don't know if Carrie said something like we rehearsed this or we went over this and not that you don't go over stuff with your children you do definitely, but sure. it was a little off. And I, I always felt like uh, it, it wasn't real. Right. Well, uh, we wanted to put that in, in the first episodes when you came at Christmas and all that was, you know, was this okay? And if you remember, you know, Jim Walsh was, was very suspicious and uh, but once he signed off and, and everything was normalized and you were clearly closed and you were working at the beach pit, the, the hope was is that by the time David stepped in, that you wouldn't that they wouldn't even equate. You wouldn't put the, the elements together. And Larry and I, we, we talk about this, David. It's that moment where where Luke's push saves you from getting killed by a bus. Even though that was that was not part of your scam, at the same time, it completely alleviates you from being a culprit because of that moment that you have together. It's almost unthinkable that you could be that big of a of a cat. Yeah, you turn it on him. I remember the, the line you say to him is like, because he saves you, but you say you just made a friend for life. Yeah. Made a friend for yeah. life. Stuck yeah. with you. <laughs> It's really good. It was in the episode, I think, Vital Signs. I think. Do, do you remember that scene, David? Absolutely. That was. The, I think it was the first scene I shot. Of course. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were in rehearsal, and uh, somebody I think that was supposed to be watching out for Luke's well-being walked up to me and said, "Excuse me, sir. I notice you keep trying to get next to Mr. Perry." And I said, uh, "I'm supposed to." <laughs> I'm in the show. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was apologetic, but there's that moment of God, I'm really casting a big shadow here. <laughs> and you all were able to make eye contact, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 
So Chuck, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you decide to write this Mexico episode, right? We're gonna get the we're gonna get Dylan's money back. Um, this must be exciting for you guys to come back and do this uh, do this episode. Um, why don't you talk to me a little bit about writing this for Chuck and Larry? Well, Larry can talk about the writing and, and all the way because this was really, you know, we we were dividing up. I I don't know exactly what came right after this or the next one, yeah, but sure. by this point. Um, you know, you know those plays in a football game when the t the time's running out and you're just lateraling back and forth and trying to move up the field. We have 32 episodes. This one was like, what was it, 19? Okay, let's keep going. You know, it was. You really you didn't have time to pause and. Uh, and I didn't. You know, I think both of you would would say this, and only because you were, were a young girl. But but we didn't hang out. I we cast. I would say you know pass by, but. We were, you know, immersed in, in sure. making all these episodes, and that was it. But in terms of the the production, the the funny thing, the loop with Duke is, but what Duke really taught me was the fear of God of going over budget. Right. And you know, and it was really some of the real triumphs in those first twelve when we had when the lowest license fee in television was that we didn't the episode was under budget. We didn't go over time. You know, all the good stuff. And and he really he really inculcated that in me, so that every year, the four years prior to this one, we always were under budgeted by the end of the season. We always did good. Not every episode cost the same, but we were able always to be under the limbo bar. Right. And and uh, and now we get to season five, and I'm doing the best I've ever done. We have a little more padding, which is why. But nonetheless, uh, we're going under budget, under budget, under bu budget. Duke gets the idea that he can go down to uh, to Cabo and play with his friend, Marco, and bring him business because they were used to go marlin fishing down there. And that's what you used to do down there. And I want to talk about that, Marlin, a little later. But the, um, but the episode is all the savings that are made in season five completely wiped out and then some, you know. And, uh, and so it was like, okay, we got to go back up the hill. We, we were able to stay under budget, but not in the same way. But uh, this was yeah. the most expensive episode. This was the no holds barred. Did a lot of the crew, do we pick up crew there? Do we fly everybody down? Yes. No, no, not everybody. We had another crew there. We did. Which is why we had this other uh, location manager who kind of also wrangled all the other stuff. You know, I remember in the in the writing of it, I did a lot of research about uh, Cabo and, and that whole pirate angle just kind of spoke to me. And that's what I turned in. And, and it comes out as kind of a kind of fun little thing. But I mean, having Jonesy, which was a character which was established a couple of episodes before uh, before that, you know, as this friend of Christine Pettit's and then getting Wings Hauser wherever he is, you know, just really elevated the authenticity of this show. I mean, then it really felt like like it was like a you know like an adventure show and, and Luke was in the middle of it. He was so willing to jump into that stuff, but it, and, it was nicely how it all tied up and stuff. And, and didn't Luke was the one who suggested it had to be it had to be Wingshauser. It wasn't just we're doing an audition for someone like Wingshauser. It's an audition. It's no. Wingshauser. You know. Now and, I, and I, I, looked at, I looked at all the Wings's credits because I just wondered to see did they ever work it? What was what was he doing at the point of this? He was doing everything. He was an action TV guy. He had a shirt, but also, you know, since the eighties, has was on Young and Restless all the time. So they also had they did have a uh, a daytime bond that mm -hmm. maybe their paths cross or the kind of movies that they had done. But uh, he, they wanted wings, and you know, like so much of me 
getting to do these podcasts with Pete and, and Larry, you know, I get to see the episodes again. And you right. and and what I'm usually really always really uh, impressed with are the performances. You know, and and Wings is that true? I remember going it. You know, he was just a he was just a you know it was like a, a, a not a pawn. I don't mean to say it like that, but just you know a con. Get this done. Get this done. But when you get to sit back and see it all these years later, you know they you, all of you brought so much to what you were doing. Yeah, as did he. Great. And and, and he also brought a lot of empty bottles. <laughs> I want to ask uh, Carrie because uh, I know you're you're limited with us. So I wanted to ask you. You said before we came on that you had some really great memories shooting down there in Mexico. What are some of the memories that you have uh, of doing this? Well, I think the shoot was fun because, first of all, talk about wings. I mean, he was so much fun. I'd never met him before, but I had some fabulous conversations with him. I loved the character he created. And so there was wonderful energy on the sets um, and lots to play. There was some real great tension and things like the complexity of uh, still pretending to be innocent and yet knowing what was going on inside. So, I mean, for actors, that's always the best. And I just love the whole situation of us being at camp together. When you all, I had done a series where we all kind of traveled together and crew and cast all in the same place. I just think that creates the best sort of shooting situation. So just having balconies where you could you know, wave to, to Noli or Tiffany or like, it was, I just, I just thought the whole, the whole thing, maybe I just needed a really good vacation, which it was as well. It was great. I like but that Wings, Wings came in and checked everybody's room out. He had to be sure everybody had a good room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. I'm so sorry I'm, we're missing him tonight. But um, yeah, watching that again, I re remember just what a fabulous character he created. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's so good to bounce off of. So yeah. Hey, Noli, I'm curious for you. Do you have any memories of going down to Mexico and shooting this episode? Um. Well, going dancing downtown is my number one memory, my favorite memory. But um, no, I mean, I just remember um, going to that beautiful hotel was really nice. But um, going to the beach, I I uh, had a couple off days too when I was down there. So. Uh, just hanging out with, um, I guess Luke's wife at the time on the beach. And, um, we did some scenes on the street in Mexico too. So that was pretty fun. That's awesome. Were you with your mother? Were you with your mother down there? Yeah. My mom always came with me. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, for, for Carrie, while we have you here, and I know we've talked about this before, but working with Luke, um, uh -huh. you know, obviously this, one of the reasons why we did this show is, um, uh, you know, Luke's birthday would have been on Sunday and um, he would have been 54. So we did a very special show uh, regarding that. I'm just curious what it was like for you working with him. Well, he was incredibly generous and always, always took time to make us all, I think, feel welcome and part of things. Mm -hmm. I think that he really, and I mean, most of my work with amongst the cast was with, with Luke. But I, I just, very quickly, he, he made it, you feel like you belonged and that you were really part of the cast. And David Wright, he just- yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Doing, doing so much work as, as, as a guest star. A lot yeah. of times you feel like the odd man out when you come onto a set. 
Luke welcomed you like you've been on the show since the beginning. He yeah. made it so easy. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed Noli, it. Noli, what about you working with Luke? Uh, no. like, uh, yeah. I was thinking of him over the weekend. I was I was celebrating my daughter's birthday and I was thinking of him and his family. Um, what was it like? He was just uh, such a down to earth, su such a humble person and always so kind, so warm. Um, he just made such an impression on my life and I wanted to emulate that. And it was just, um, I feel so lucky to have spent the time I did with him. He's mm -hmm. a, a good guy. Yeah. Uh, That's really awesome to hear. Um, you know, I'm curious, uh, Larry, there's this great scene. Let me see if I can pull this. This is a great uh, wings scene. Hang on, let's see. Hopefully this works. Look, thanks for coming. No problem. It's going to be fun. I don't know about that, but I do appreciate it. I should have made you big. Problem. Cut the distractions. You and I got a date with the cabin dishes for cocktails. And let's go. I'm all yours. Thank you. Hey. What am I supposed to do? I would suggest you find some very large checkers. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. <laughs> oh, you missed it, Larry. You wrote a good scene. You were <laughs> my dog was going crazy. Sorry, it's okay. The checkers thing. So you scouted that and you wrote that that in there for yes, me. Yes, because when yeah. we did, yeah, I mean that's part of the fun. And when you get to go on location, you get to really modify your script to really you know sell what's going on there. And you know that Palmia, they gave us the full run of the place, and it was just you know yeah. I mean, plus I got my other hobby in there, which I was glad to see. And Chuck knows this. I, I we I collect sea glass all around the world, so there's this whole sea glass which becomes a secret code between uh, Erica and Dylan. You know, I was very happy to see that. I had forgotten yeah, about. Yeah, it. that was a great little plot. Very very Mullinesque. <laughs> yes, <laughs> forgotten that. In fact, uh, I brought I brought sea glass back from there. Do you remember doing those scenes, Noli, with uh, with the whole sea glass bit with with Luke and all that stuff? Oh yeah, totally. Um, and I remember playing chess on that uh, board. Okay, there's <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, Noli. What was it like working with Tiffany? And I'm going to ask both Carrie and David that as well. Um, I she was really sweet. Um, I just worked with her on just that one episode because the, I was on season four mostly, so I did get to work with Shannon and Tiffany, but, um, she was a really sweet person. Um, I had so much fun with her. She like took me alongside, took me down to, um, downtown dancing. And, um, I had a great time with her. I ran into her. Um, well, I went to film school, I went to call, went to film school and we both had short films in the Palm Spring film festival. Some a while back and I ran into her. It was good to see her. Should have got for it too. Hey, how about you, uh, Carrie? Tiffany was one, I think, the balcony right beside me. So we used to have great morning conversations, and uh, I found her very beautiful, lots of fun. I believe maybe she was the instigator of our, all the partying because I remember taking us, I think, to a dinner, and it was the first time I had my head 
pulled back by the hair tequila from down my throat. And I was like, I'll never forget it. It was so shocking. I didn't know the custom was such, but I think Tiffany might have invited uh, me to that. So I think she was, uh, yeah, I found her so lovely. And again, very welcoming. Yeah. How about you, David? You had some stuff, some good stuff with Tiffany. I did, you know, but the character didn't lend itself because most of the time I spent with her was on set. And I was kind of a creepy older guy. You know, yeah. So it was, um, it was hard to get, you know, warm and fuzzy together. Right. But, uh, I mean, she was great to work with, but I didn't really get to know her beyond, uh, beyond the on-screen relationship, really. I got a question for you. I got a question for David. So this is more like a real life question. So you always were taught your character was always talking about the ocean and the water and the beach. And I find out you live or you work near the beach, right? Yeah, Are you I a did. Beach guy? Uh, I also you live go in the ocean. Are you an ocean? Yeah, person? I, I do surf actually. Uh, oh, very cool. Yeah, okay. oddly enough, um, and scarily enough. Um, Me too. I, I'm, I'm on my boogie board still. Well, yes, Larry too. I'm sorry. What'd you say, John? I'm I'm on my boogie board about three times a week, and Larry too in summer. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck's a real border man. Perry, yeah, but, I'm curious for you watching this show as a fan all those years. We haven't heard from you. It's been 33 minutes. I feel like we should hear your voice. Hello. <laughs> Actually, Hello. Tiffany's. What was Tiffany wearing? Yeah. Oh, what do you know? Wow. <laughs> wow. That didn't matter. It was all wow. great. Yeah. What do you think of this episode? I mean, I love this episode. This has always been probably my top in my top five. Um, it's one of the ones I always go back to just when I rewatch. Uh, what I love about it especially is that obviously it's serialized. Like if you watch it on its own, you still need to know some of the backstory, right? But this to me feels like you could sort of watch it on its own and you can hear somebody could fill you in a little bit and you would sort of get just a picture, unlike a lot of the other episodes where you needed so much backstory, because all the other episodes took place in Beverly Hills. It's very rare, except for the Paris episodes and yeah. maybe Palm Springs or two. But it's rare that you're really taken out of the pit, you know, the wall sure. house. Yeah. So it's such an interesting thing to see key members, well, well, Luke, but other members that of the cast that you know and love. I mean, I loved Kevin. I loved Suzanne. I did not know that they were going to be frauds when I was watching in real time. Like most people now would probably watch it and be like, oh, something is going on with them. I did not know that in real time. But now when I watch it back, I'm like, it's so obvious. How <laughs> <laughs> did so, I miss that? so obvious. But I, I mean, I, I just, I love this episode. I love... I loved the pirate storyline. I loved Wings. I was curious, Larry and 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 Chuck, how much did how much did Wings actually improvise? Because watching it back, so much of that to me felt so much of his dialogue felt completely improvised. No, none, nothing. Really? Wow. When he was no, like, I, mean, I, I was writing for his character. I mean, I knew you know we were trying to get this burnout FBX FBI guy, and you know it was kind of like obsessing with a girl. You know, I created this whole thing with a girl with a red one red shoe who takes off, so now he needs a replacement. That's how we have to get Tiffany down there. I mean, yeah, Valerie we were, down we, there. Yeah, we were we were. I mean, you know, Jason and I and we're going to end scenes where they improv, and we and bless them, they were very funny, and we almost kept all of them in. They, they virtually every one, but. 
you know, everybody who would get the scripts, we would get our scripts out. You guys, if you remember, you never were waiting on what your next script was going to be. You got it on the day you were supposed to get it when you're the prep of that episode started. And, and, um, you would have had you or any guest star. You got a week. You know what do you want to change? What do you want to talk to the director about? Not to us, really, because we by that point, after the first day of prep, we hand the show off to the director. And you know, we, really, at that point, and unless there's something, Milton Berle is on the set, or we're going to blow up a car, we're not around there too much. You know, really, because we're just uh, typing away. You know, if there was a big change, they would call us up and ask us. It would be all right. The yes, director, would, yes, the director would go over with the actor, and that would be the procedure, basically. So no, when, he just played the, the shit out of it. You know, the whole yeah. the video game man. It, yeah, it just that's intensity. What that sounded so improvised. No, no, no. That was my approach to because I, I, I was late to the to the keyboard, so I I, I, I approached it like well, a, I like, do I do like a video game. I was going to mention this is another time where we're seeing computers on television, probably in a way that we don't usually see early. it. I mean, you're early. Cyber, you know, cyber hacking there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting this Cayman Island. You know, we're just shooting it, you know, whatever, you know. Um, no one questioned it. I made it up and no one questioned it. So there it was. <laughs> well, you know, he used to be with the FBI. And back then, you know, before the loony nest that we live with now, you know, the FBI, he meant something, and well, then he knows what he's doing. So, of course, we can just... All I can say from those of you who remember, the man from UNCLE was worse. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say goodbye. Bye, Carrie. Oh, yeah, we're going to say goodbye oh, to Carrie. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks, uh, Carrie. We'll see you again soon. Yes. I just love seeing your face, David and Noli, and, of course, Chuck and Larry and Peter. And welcome, Perry. This yes, is that's great to have you. Hey, Carrie, nice to meet you. Everybody stay well. Larry, can I ask you one question before you go? Yeah. Do you still have snakes? No, they all have to death. Well, Carrie, before you go, Pete, can you show, Mary, show her, show her uh, David's clip? Oh, okay, let me you see. Available? Yeah. Yeah. We did some David did a clip of where Kevin where they are now. 30 years later. <laughs> This is where Kevin is 30 years later. Um. <laughs> what have I been doing since? Since when? Since I got out, since I broke my knee, since the fire, since I got divorced, since I couldn't get back into Mexico anymore. Since is a long time, brother. Didn't manage to get back in the water though. Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. Corniest expression in the world. It is so true. I've never felt a rush like that. Not until Suzanne and I took that cool $8 million from sweet little Dylan. I'll tell you, when we saw those funds transfer into our account, my whole body became alive. Talk about sitting on top of the world. I own the world. Freedom, brother. For a while. I don't think I thought how tough it would be with the kid. Having to watch your back all the time. But was it worth three years in jail for the years I spent living the pirate's life? I'll tell you what, I got out and I said, fair enough, tip the dad. 
And then reality set in. Who are you? What are you? What are you going to do? There's not a lot of teaching or research jobs for an ex-con in his 40s. But I became a hell of a car salesman. <laughs> Who'd have guessed it, right? Exotic cars. I hated it. Quick. And then, I finally managed to get some of my money out of Mexico. Don't, don't tell Suzanne. And I bought this little shack by the beach. Here I am, sitting on top of the world. All right, oh, we're going to try this, guys. Hold on, we're going to try this. Hello? Hello? Hey, hey, can you guys hear Wayne? Hello? We can hear you. Hello, Hello Mr. Hauser. Unmute your phone. They can hear you. So uh, why don't we do this since they, I don't know that you can hear them. Why don't you talk a little bit about your memories working on uh, the show? Who am I talking to? This is Pete. I have to go, guys. Hi, Carrie. Bye-bye, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. My name is Wayne. So um, I just want to ask you everybody. I'm sorry. I can hear all you guys. I just couldn't talk. Which is uh, probably a good thing, but um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, what would you like? To, what would you like to do? Just you know, I mean, talk about you. Know, I know you had some memories uh, working on the show, uh, so why don't you just talk a little bit quickly about some of those, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, well, it, it, as soon as you called me, the one memory. I mean, I've got several. You know, some are R rated though, but. Uh, the one that jumped out immediately was uh, while well, we were shooting this thing in Mexico. Right? We're talking about that show, right? Yeah. Okay. We were shooting this thing in Mexico. It was a uh, it was what you call a beauty shot. The director and the, the crew were about a hundred feet away. We were out in the I believe, with the beach behind us and the pinks and the and the uh, blues. You know, that sunset, that sunset, but you know, sparkling kind of shot. And off to the right, I saw, I don't know, maybe 100 feet away, these two real-life uh, Mexican cowboys sitting on two horses. And I just looked at Luke and I said, it'd be great if we were on horseback for the city, wouldn't it? And uh, he looked over there and went, yeah, that's a good idea. And I asked him if he could ride, and he said, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, I can ride. I don't believe he could, but um, maybe he could. Anyhow, so we were close to these two guys who don't speak a word of English. The only thing I ever learned in military school in Spanish from my French teacher was La Pluma es Blue. So I mean, <laughs> fighting words, we were trying to get them, we were trying to get them out of the saddle and let us get in the saddle and take their horses. <laughs> it was just... So, but we finally convinced him that we'd give him, like, I think it was like $100 a piece. And, and we convinced him, and then we walked up to the director, which was James Whitmore. Now, you got to figure that director or a producer shooting in a foreign country is totally insane to begin with. I mean, everything goes wrong in a foreign country. But then, you know, you've got this cast of, uh, 
you know, basically children. I mean, you know, they're a little, they're a little older than children, I guess, but they were doing things like, like adults and everything. But it was like herding cats for, for this, this director. And here comes Luke Carey and I up with these two horses and go, wait a minute, can we, can we do it with horses? You know, expecting them to be like, I'm chasing light. I'm fighting everything. I can bring me horses. You know, so... But, <laughs> But he goes, but the guy goes, great idea. So we go, oh, we do the shot. I think we'll walk into the shot on the horses, maybe even galloping, I don't know. But um, anyhow, right after the shot, my horse like, is pissed off at me and bucks me. Now he doesn't buck me off, he bucks me straight up in the air. As I come down, he bucks again and jams the, uh, the saddle one right into my chest. I fall off, I can't breathe. I'm like dying there. I think I'm, you know, it's, I can't get in the air. Oh, man. And Luke, and Luke comes to my rescue, right? They're going, we have to take him to the hospital. And Luke is going, no, take him to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like totally insane, but he was right because at the hospital was just out of the question. I mean, uh, so we're <laughs> in the bar there, and the hospital comes to me, and this is what this guy did. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He, he, he did something. He used whatever power he had. The hospital came to me. They came with equipment. They were giving me IVs, checking for my bus broken spleen with blood pressure. The only thing they didn't give me was a prostate exam. I'm not kidding. They were, this was like a major scene of people like him, you know, speaking all sorts of Spanish. Right. And anyway, I, I realized about this guy, you know, and we, we spent a lot of time doing a lot of other things, but um, <laughs> I, re- I finally got him. I really got him at this point. It's like, you know, it's like this old guy, you know, in this young kid's kind of body. Yeah. He's like, he like a dad. And I I don't know, this might be true, might not be, but I always felt like he was looking for, you know, for a father figure, somebody fatherly, you know. And he had, he had a pension for um, older actors like me and Bo Hopkins and, you know, other people. He really respected us and talked about us on talk shows and things, which people never did, you know. Yeah. And, and I think... I think there was this real fatherly thing to him. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe how he took over. And I really do believe, you know, thank God he had children, mm-hmm. you know, that he was able to uh, express that and they were able to receive it. And I would imagine even the people on Riverdale, is that the name of the show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Riverdale? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure he was, he was probably very fatherly there. And that's what I really got, you know. You know, everybody said he's a nice guy. He was, he was a great guy, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure he could have been. I'm sure he was a dick too. Because you know, I did. Always a human being. Right. But this, this, this quality that I saw it was just this real fatherly, real caring thing. He had, had a real sense of care. Yeah. So that was. Uh, that was our little uh, adventure in Mexico. All right, man. Thank you so much for popping in, Wings. You have no idea. You can't see this, but everybody is popping with comments. We love you, Wings. We love you, Wings. And, and what You brought so much authenticity to it. Yeah. Uh, Larry says, Larry says, you brought so much authenticity, and that's coming up, and uh, everybody loves you. So let's do like a Jonesy deep dive one day with you, and uh, we'll, we'll bring you back when we can figure out the internet and all that stuff. Cool? Okay, great. All right, man. Thank you so much. All right. All right, take care. Bye. 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 Bye.
All right, there we go. Wings Hauser. That was pretty exciting. We had to go old school, you know. There was, like, there was like that scene when he crashes through the window a little bit, right? You know, Whitmore, you know, Whitmore is an action director. He's been, you know, Whitmore now 25 years later still is working. He's still doing NCIS's uh, one yeah. after the other. But yeah, and all of a sudden, Jonesy just rolls into the window. He just breaks. That was one of my. I had two questions for him. One, how many times did he do that stunt? Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, in his whole career, how many times has he gone oh, through glass? Oh, oh yes, probably. Right. Broken yeah. glass. That, probably. You know? uh, yeah. Well, let's. We're talking about the other. About he, that that raw egg going into the beer Ooh. or the ginger ale, whatever that really was. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I want to know I want to No, I don't think I did, Chuck. Because so that would just be too improv. repulsive there to me. Go. So that was the improv. He put his egg in his beer. Yeah, Here's I don't remember right let's now. Let's watch this. Because, because we were... All right, you guys have had your fun. What do you say we make a deal? A deal? I don't think you have any money to make a deal. And I don't think you want to spend the rest of your life running from the law, do you? Yo ho he, pirate life for me. What are you guys going to do to us? It depends on how you behave. But I can tell you this, people have disappeared in Punta Brava, even beautiful women. We have to get something straight. Valerie says that Jonesy left Punta Brava. Where'd he go, Dylan? He's right outside. Now, don't get cute. Dylan, just tell him the truth. That is the truth. I love it, man. I love that. Not yeah. up to an O. <laughs> I want to know. We don't have the squealing tires. That's the only thing you need. I want to know from David, uh, what was it like shooting those scenes? I mean, that's a lot of action-packed stuff that you had to do and all in one little segment there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I um, I really wanted to do the sword fight. I fenced in high school, and I thought, oh, this would be great. And I, uh, I wanted to use the real sword because I thought I'd, this would be a real moment, and I'll I'll make it lasting and, and memorable. And the stunt guy looked at me and said, give me the sword. And then he gave me a, a toy one. A favorite. <laughs> um, was, because he was afraid I'd kill someone. He was probably right. But yeah. it, it was fun. Anytime you get to do action, it's back to playing cowboys and Indians, like when you're a kid. Cowboys and Native Americans, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But it really... It really was. Those kinds of scenes, that kind of stuff is just great for him. Um, was it fun doing that stuff with uh, with Luke and, and Wings? I I liked working with them both so much. And Wings, I mean, you really can't say it enough. He brings so much life and so much energy to a situation that it, I think it ups everybody's game in a way. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I know there's a lot of people asking Noli questions because we haven't seen you in many in a, in a while. So uh, the one question that keeps popping up and they just keep asking it, and I'm gonna, you know, I told you that it might come up beforehand. And uh, you know, in season eight, they bring the Erica character back. Did they approach you about this or no? No, not at all. Um, and I kind of assumed it was because I was significantly older and a prostitute. <laughs> right. yeah. She didn't play the character. She, you didn't do the part. No, they gave it to somebody else. Totally. Oh, no, they, I had no idea. oh what yeah. dopes. <laughs> All right. no, I, Sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of assumed because um, 
in season five, Dylan was having dreams and one of his dreams was in a bar and like all the women were there. I remember like I was That's right. wearing, like booty shorts it's and, our fault. and like dressed like I wrote that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chuck and I were Chuck's responsible for that. Yeah, I forgot right. about that. Oops. Yep. I don't think it works super well. No. <laughs> like I was so uncomfortable. And I mean, I was probably still only 13. So I was like, um, I was like lying on a pool table. It was supposed to be, it was the dreams of Dylan McKay, but it was mostly the horror dreams. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. You know, fighting Nightmare. for her soul. So you, you, you know, it wasn't anything other than disgust you know that you were in it and i think that's was that where tory crawls on top of him in a rubber yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll I, go you, there. Know, you gotta talk to molly campbell about that we'll, not, we'll go there some other time for sure so, i don't know yeah. i just kind of assumed you know like um maybe i didn't look prostitute enough right so they didn't you look, pro you look plenty prostitute yeah the other thing that's happening in Hazardous to Your Health, by the way, and we've done a deep dive on this, mm. is with Professor Finley. But rewatching some of that again, it's he Alan Toy is so good in these scenes. Um, Larry, I love you talked with us last time about writing some of the uh the the, the oh, I had forgot the rough beast. That was another thing that like that to Brandon was a rough beast. <laughs> Yeah, it was another. You know, we have expert and rough piece and thinly speaking the stuff, which is good. Well, I think he's also. I think Brandon's a torchbearer, right? Oh, he's a torchbearer. Yeah, no, that stuff is. I mean, Alan just uh, he goes from like zero to to bitch in like two seconds. It's fantastic <laughs> in this thing. Yeah, um, yeah, no, and of course, Alan, uh, that storyline is, is pretty scary. It's a nice balance, actually. Uh, watching it now. I just have, I have to claim just the only thing I can really claim in this episode, <laughs> I really feel this, is the fact that Ian announces that he's doing one paper for three classes, <laughs> not one quarter, two quarters at the University of California, Berkeley, did I uh, express what was going to be my inner Steve Sanders and did the exact same thing. Right. And all the professors love that yeah. one paper I wrote for three classes. Yeah. So hey, that's you my, uh, that's a but, I, but the one thing we're missing, and we have Perry here. Was she did did would Tiffany ever look better in any episode than she did in in this one? I think she looked amazing in this one. Um, I think I think her first episode ever was my favorite, looks wise. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Personally, season four, uh, no, very five. beginning of season five. Five, five. yeah. Um, Right she has she has the button open for the jeans. She it's the jean the the top button that was her, on the that jeans. Was her thing, as she told me, that was her trend that she said. Um, but she looked beautiful in this episode, and she looked, she just looked perfect for, for the role that she was supposed to be playing. Sort of like this low key temptress, and I know she was supposed to be tempting Kevin, and she was she she looked amazing, and also her acting in this, I thought more so than her looks, her acting was incredible. I thought she slayed this episode. Speaking of slaying this episode, Noli, um, there's all these beautiful touching scenes with you and Luke, um, you know, where you you see each other again and there's so much, just so much beauty in the words and that were written in the way you performed it. Um, do you remember doing those scenes with, with Luke? Yeah, 
I remember, I think that was the first thing that we shot that week together. And um, he was like, I hadn't seen him in a few weeks because there was a bit of a gap. And he was like, why are you so big? You're so changed so much. Um, by the way, who combed out my curly ass hair? Why was that a good thing? <laughs> I got to go. I got to look back on that. <laughs> Perry, no comment, okay? That's not a good thing. <laughs> I mean... So, but the hair was so emblematic of the character. Like right. truly, it's kind of reminded me of Rebecca Gayhart's character. Like there are certain characters where hair, I mean, I think of young Erica and I think of hair. I think totally. of like all that red hair. I loved it. I just thought it was, it was a lot. It was a lot, but I also had very big curly hair. So, but I, I just, I loved the character of Erica. Yeah. I thought that it was such a welcome addition and it was so nice to see Dylan like, have family and cling to this sense of family, however false it sort of ended up being. Sure. But I thought that that was such a, such a nice, such a nice thing for him. It was, a, it was, a, it was nice for him. Absolutely. I think, Go ahead. I think despite the fact that, um, you know, they stole money, I still think that, that Erica and Dylan could have been brother and sister. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Did, what well, did I you guys we got think? that cleared up. I think when we cleared it up, I thought there's a line in there which yeah. she says, uh, well, we, we got to do a Jack McKay shout out in this thing. She says, uh, oh, it's just someone named Jack and he's passed away. So I think we really nailed it. We, we basically said this really was. She had an affair with Jack McKay and mm -hmm. this was a love child. It, it was confirmed. Uh, and also, it's million, people always ask how much it was. It was $8 million. It's That's said a couple of times in this episode. Yeah. yeah and I think if we did it today, we'd go up to 14. One million dollars. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of questions popping in here for Noli. I'm gonna just let some of these people, the fans get these questions out. But Michelle wants to know how did Noli like working with Shannon in season four? Um, I loved working with Shannon. I liked that she didn't dial it back for me because I was a kid. She just um she's pretty frank, she was a lot of fun. Um, I would say the one of the best memories I have with Shannon was um, the season four finale. We were, uh, there was a carnival. So production set up carnival in the middle of nowhere. And we had that to do for a week. And um, Luke brought his horses a couple times. That was really fun. So like during lunch, we, he let me go ride his horse and stuff. But um, so one night after filming, I was done they just let us go on rides and Shannon was the only one that would go on the zipper with me. And we, they just let it roll. They just, you know what the zipper is? Yeah. The one that sure. goes like that and then it spins. Oh my gosh. So we, we did 122 spins on that thing and we were screaming and finally we get, we had to stop, but they just let it go. And um, yeah, I have a, I have a picture of her and I holding up like the one twenty-two. <laughs> She was fun. She was a lot of fun. Um, I think at the point that I started um, in season four, they already knew she was, and everything was, I don't know, everything was pretty good, pretty smooth. I never saw yeah. any issues with any of the women on the on the show or anything. They were all awesome. Was Jenny cool with you looking at her in the eye? That was okay? <laughs> <laughs> you can make eye well, Maybe it was because was a kid on the set and I wasn't like a 20 something year old um, woman or whatever, but right. everything that I saw, they were super welcoming and nice. And it was 
not just with the cast, it was with the crew, production. It was everybody seemed to get along really well. Um, I never saw any of that. I believe it. All right. Lisa wants to know, how were the ballet lessons in Mexico? Did you have to do some of that stuff? Um, you know, I, I don't think that was very good ballet. <laughs> that was acting. <laughs> I wondered if he did ballet. Uh, yeah, that was my question, too. Nope. Yeah. No. no. Uh, a ballerina could probably tell you no. That was not good. Kristen wants to know what Noli is up to these days. What am I up to these days? Well, um, I have three kids. So I um, I, I kind of stopped acting when I was about, I don't know, maybe 16 or something. I wanted to do normal teenage stuff. And then I wanted to go to college. So um, went to college, went to film school, worked for a few years, and then got married and had three kids really young. And now they're getting older. So my my youngest just turned six this weekend. Oh, so I don't know. We'll see what I'm going to do next. Was it on Luke's birthday or is it a different day? No, it's a different day. We just were celebrating. Got it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That was an interesting twist. Uh, David, um, you looked at this episode uh, 25 so or so years later. Uh, what is your thoughts? Does this episode still hold up? Yeah. I, you know, I think going on location helps anything. And it just it just gave more dimension to the show. So when, when you cut from something happening in town to being down in Cabo, it just gave more life to the show. And I think I think it holds up uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. How about you, Noli? You looked at it for the first time in probably a long time. What do you think of these episodes? They still hold up? Do you still have fond memories of it? Noli? Okay, you froze. Can you repeat that? Oh, I said, um, do, does the episode still hold up for you all these years later watching it back? Can you yeah, guys? Yeah, I think so. I think all all of the uh, yeah. Um, looking back on um, several of the episodes, I think that um, they all hold up pretty well. Actually, I'm impressed. They they're all like cutting edge. That you know all the stuff that the characters are going through. Um, it's an awesome show. Yeah, totally. Perry, I'm curious for you. You looked at this. I mean, you said it's your favorite episode when we walked into this. You looked back on it again all these years later with the original music. Uh, do you do you think it still holds up to this day? Yeah, I think it holds up. I mean, the only thing that the only problem I ever had with the storyline, to be totally honest, or not problem, but the only question as an adult to rewatch it when I was a kid, of course, but the only thing that never really added up for me was the fact that, you know, this whole scam was put into place by, by Kevin and Suzanne. And then in at, they go before, before this episode, but they go into the bank and suddenly, you know, Kevin goes up to Suzanne's car and he's like, it's done. And I don't understand how a bank would allow $8 million to just like vanish. Yeah. Just like that. So watching it back, I'm kind of maybe that's true. I also know nothing about finance. Go ahead, Chuck. He's got the answer. He would have. Th he went to a bank where he pre he pre tipped off the teller. The bank. Yeah. He knew that if he got it, this would happen. Because right. yes, you're absolutely right. Or the yeah. bank manager or someone. He would have. Okay, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I, you know, of course, and of course, that's exactly what I was thinking. 
1994 when Larry and I uh, were, were beating out the story. No, but that's, I think, if you asked me how we would have done it and really got away with it, it would have been, he would have taken that step off camera. Yeah. I love stuff that comes off camera because yeah. could have, you never know. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck, were you aware that this Wings Hauser story that he was totally injured and his sternum was almost crushed in the thing? I wish no, they, never, I they never called they, us. They never called and, us. And they got and they're on horses. And I, well, oh I remember God, that. Yeah. I remember they called and said they're going to do the scene on a horse, and we went great. I mean, yeah, great. I mean, right, right. No way. Okay. But but, I, um, but, the, but him getting hurt like that, I, you know, we would have been freaking out. Right. It was so funny his impression of of shooting on location, how nothing goes right. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, there's this also this great line that Wings has about Eric Estrada. Oh, that was a yeah. Well, I, I, you know, Chips was part of my, you know, I, I worked on Chips, and that was a, one of my dear memories of the first hit show I worked on. So yeah, I threw that in there. It was a little little Chips. Little to Eric, I love and, of course, and of course, Eric is really popular in, in Mexico. So. Yeah, I think we covered this episode pretty great. Um, Noli, and- I got one thing. One thing. One thing that I didn't think held up was after this whole shootout. Eric is just lying in her bed in her room. She's locked in her room. She's just lying in her bed. It was like, oh, yeah. she's not like hiding underneath. The bed. I think there was something. Cut. Out no, there was something that was cut. There was. I I looked at that too. I'm like, that doesn't seem like right. Where's Erica right now? Why isn't she hearing this? And I think there was another scene with the with the housekeeper or something like that. There was a transition there. That was. We might have cut it for time. Yeah. yeah. I think so. That's fair enough. I uh, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a it is a really touching moment there with you and Luke again. And and I almost, you know, I'm curious to Chuck and Larry, was there ever consideration of putting uh Erica into more things moving forward? Like, was there ever a thought of like, is there a way to get this character to be more of the part of the show as we move forward, or was it sort of done in Mexico? Done in Mexico. Done in Mexico. No, I mean there was just no place for it. Again, it's uh, she was a uh, you know at that point we're playing her and as Luke, a twelve year old girl, twelve year old girl. And yeah. by this point in season five, Luke is is on a countdown. Right. He knows yeah. when his is well, yeah. you know his five years was going to run out. Yeah, he probably has already signed for ten episodes at that. Point. Seven years. Yeah. Well, it yeah. ran out on that episode there. Yeah. Because remember, he had extra ones. It was off in the beginning. Right. And, and then he played for 10 more for season six. Exactly. Right? So no, that's how it did. I think he gave him a couple extra, and that was it. Right. So, so like you know. It's so fortunate that Luke or that Dylan's mom lived in Hawaii, and that wrapped up really nicely for Erica because that is believable. She got to live with Dylan's mom. I'm yeah. happy for the character because without that, I'd be like, holy shit, where does Erica end up? Uh, where does she right. end up? Like, what is happening with Erica? But that was a really nice bow on the character for me. I and it really fits. Loli, you live near the beach. She goes in Hawaii. It, it was a perfect fit, right? I'm curious for Noli. Um, we yeah. did this fun thing with uh, David where, where we talked about uh, where Kevin is. And we're certainly not going to ask you to do a video. But what happened to Erica, besides the whole prostitute thing, what happened to Erica after she moved to Hawaii? My version of Erica is she does not grow up to be a prostitute. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, 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 uh, You know, I don't know. I don't know. I am um, honest. To be honest, I leave that up to the writers. 
Yeah, there you go. Good answer. I think she would be like a Ricky, some kind of with with Iris McKay. Was she would be some kind of a she with that influence? She probably would be some kind of a yoga yes. involved in that and have a business like, like that. that. And, you know, very well thought of in New Age things for sure. And well, collecting sea glass still to this day. Uh, Noli and David, we'd love to have you guys back for future episodes, especially you, Noli. I think there's a bunch of more things that we can cover down the line with you. So um, I'm going to say goodbye to Noli and uh, David, and then we're going to talk about what's happening uh, in the future of the coming weeks. Now, next week, right? Uh, we're going to be we're going to be talking about all things uh, Halloween because you know that's coming up upon us. So, Chuck, what are we going to talk about? We're talking season a, a season two storyline, right? Season two, and it was uh, I watched it. Uh, I watched it last night. You know, took a lot of notes, so I'm ready to talk about that one. I remember it uh, really clearly. I think we also maybe should show the difference uh, piece of show a few scenes from um, Halloween that we did in season five. Yeah, show the look of two different. You know how how we. How we molested pumpkins in two different episodes. Sure. All the pumpkins, I should say. Yeah, uh, definitely. So that would be doing that one. And, and then uh, following week, Larry and I have got Paige Moss coming by. Well, so well, that's, it's, it's Halloween, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's Halloween, too. We right. got the, uh, you know, the stalker, Kelly Stalker, uh, who played Tara. Uh, Paige Moss, and you know that should be pretty interesting to hear her take on things. So, a couple of really good episodes. Before we leave, uh, Chuck, you know, we talked about the Jessica Alba thing. There's another thing that popped up. This was this was like nine hundred two one zero gossip week for whatever reason. There's this Dean Kane story about uh, that. You know, I feel like everybody throws bullets at Shannon enough, and Dean Kane threw something at Shannon about she got the storyline changed because she didn't want a guest star to break up with her. This story is floating around. Do you have a comment on Dean Kane's story? Is there any validity to that storyline that Dean has created? Not only is there no validity to that, there's very little validity to Dean Kane. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. So that's the answer to that topic. <laughs> Yeah, he was not a production favorite. Um, he, he was not. Listen, he got to do Superman and that was his great and it put him in, in the firmament and everything. But, uh, you know, he never really took the courses with Stanislavski and this really was not who he is. Clearly, he's a he's a press operative for uh, the, uh, somebody. Somebody else. else. Yeah. That's right. You yeah. know, I, it always could be a kissing problem, too. You have to remember. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll go there, but we're not going there soon. All right, Perry, I thought this was fun. Did you have fun on this, your first uh, walk through the park here of the Beverly Hills 90210 show? Yeah, it was good. It was right. good. Thanks for being there, Perry. No problem. Nice to have you. I'm glad that I got to jump right in with Kevin and Suzanne because I love those two characters. Always did. Now, are we going to all dress up in costumes next week? No. <laughs> no. It's not happening. No. You know, I'm sorry we didn't have James Whitmore jump in because he's such a terrific director. He really, uh, this episode wouldn't have been, have felt like that at all without James there and hearing his take on stuff. Well, I've asked him. I'm going to reach out again. Maybe you can help me with that, Larry and Pete. I'm sure. No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll definitely about, be talking about um, his yeah. work in Child as the Father and the Man because mm -hmm. it is that same, yeah. you know, kind of. FBI sensibility that he can bring to things. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be he'll be really primed Such to do nice that. I'm sure he felt bad. I mean, Pete. Uh, he, I mean, he sent Pete a really nice email about it. He he watched the episode. He prepared for it. He loved yeah. the episode, and just he got delayed. 
Just a um, Ryan Weaver says, "Good job, Perry." So I thought that was a very nice comment. I just want to also you say one more. Ryan. <laughs> there you go. I First just I'll also <laughs> say uh, we. I want everyone to know we definitely tried to get Shannon to come on the Super Show. I saw that comment multiple places, and you know, listen, guys, it's a sensitive topic. Uh, pa- Sh- Shannon is is ill and fighting an, Ill, an illness. And I don't want to be too over the top persistent on trying to get her to do something that maybe she doesn't want to participate. She's got a lot of things that's are, that are going on with her. And let's just focus on trying to get Tiffany Thiessen to the show. That's <laughs> exactly right. He's a bulldog. And if he backs off on somebody, you got to give Pete some props. To yeah. I mean, Otherwise, like, he wouldn't be also- having Catherine, uh, you know, uh, Kathleen showing up. Yes, I'm going to say Kathleen, November 11th. You November 11th, Kathleen Robertson. We didn't even get to mention that. The countdown for that. Oh, yeah, Claire Arnold show, boy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would be fun. All right, guys. This was great. Um, it was. It's always fun having uh, you guys together and doing this. Next week, Halloween. I'm super excited for it. So we will see you guys next week. And who knows what will happen in 902. What was the final score? 15 to 1 Dodgers. Wow, there you go. Look out, Atlanta. Look out, Atlanta. That's all I can say. (laughs) All right, later, guys. Thank you, Perry. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, guys.